The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 805 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And please, jump in. Yeah, your uh, your thoughts, your opinions matter. At 512-836-0590. We've talked about this before. But there's a new study out there. It's a study of political attitudes, and it shows that teenage boys are increasingly more and more entering adulthood uh, as fully-fledged conservatives. Makes sense, though, right? Yeah. Well, the teenage girls, they're skewing liberal. Uh, we could have predicted that, right? Sure. Well, the data comes from the University of Michigan's Monitoring the Future Youth Survey. And uh, and it's been analyzed by a couple of other universities. And it shows that 12th grade boys, and this is a report that was very similar to one about a year ago, or it came out last summer. And, uh, and basically, uh, 12th grade boys overwhelmingly are leaning towards, uh, well, pushing back on wokeism, really. That's what they're doing. And, uh, and they're becoming more and more conservative while the girls are going the other direction. I, I mean, that's no surprise to me, really. I mean, on the one hand, you know, it's. It, uh, I think a lot of boys, young boys, are actually thirsty for you know the ability to actually to be you know to to become a young man and not you know not be ridiculed and and sort of uh, you know fingers points. Oh, you're just a you're toxic masculinity. You know, I think a lot of boys are afraid to just feel like young men, and, and I think skewing more conservative, I think, allows them to, to feel like maybe they could well, if you, express it, themselves If you better. think about it, where else would they go? The progressive left has been pushing them away for several years, right? Sure. Yeah. So where else would they go? Well, the, 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 according to the reports, uh, it shows that the share of 12th grade boys who identify as li- liberal uh, fell from 25% in the 70s to 13% today. Meanwhile, the share of boys who say that they're a conservative rose 17% uh, in the 70s uh, to a peak of uh, 26% in 2020. And uh, that was the last year of uh, Donald Trump's presidency. In a different story for 12th grade girls, the share of liberal girls has climbed uh, from 23% in the 70s to 31% in 2021. Meanwhile, the share of conservative girls barely changed hovering around about 13% in, uh, in recent decades. Well, and there's also this narrative nowadays, too, uh, that, you know, conservatives and Republicans, they want to, you know, take away women's rights, young women's rights. And so it, it, and abortion is a, a big issue. There's a, there are a lot of voters who, they're just going to hit the polls this year, and they're a single-issue voter, and that's it, abortion. This is so, good. So, this so is, I think that with young women, that makes sense. This is good. This is good. This is good. Because uh, no girl wants to date a liberal boy. No girl wants that. No girl wants to marry an MSNBC man. Who wants it? No child listening right now wants an MSNBC father. Nobody wants that. No child wants that. There has been an increase in the number of videos out there on social media of young women sort of saying, well, I'm a, I'm a devout feminist and I, I vote Democrat every election. And where the hell are all the liberal men? And I'm thinking, this is not right. You've run them all off. Yeah. Uh, it is 808. Jump in here at 512-836-0590. The uh, Lake Travis School Board is now discussing changes uh, to its policy on food allergies in the wake of that football player that was intentionally exposed to peanuts by two teammates. He's deathly allergic. Mm-hmm. Shannon, uh, Shauna Manon is uh, the teenager's mother. She spoke with CBS Austin. She says the story's exploded like wildfire on social media, and some people are angry with her. I've been getting phone calls from parents that are angry with me for stirring the pot. Um, 
there's no pot. I haven't stirred it. Yeah, no, she says her that uh, that her son also has been targeted by bullying in the aftermath of this incident. Uh, I don't know why the school couldn't stop that. I do. Uh, why? Because he's a football player. Oh. That's why. He's a, he was, at that time, he was on his way to the University of Texas. He was a protected class at that moment. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, mom says that she hopes this all dies down soon, and she'd like to see new legislation aimed at people who intentionally expose others to allergens. Mm-hmm. I, the, I'm with her. You know, I, 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 the school district, this was a monumental fail in the school district, but, or maybe not, because they, they desperately wanted it to go away, and, you know... For as as egregious an act as it was, prank or not, it was it, kid could have died of anaphylactic shock. His throat could have closed. The district did absolutely nothing. Well, let's catch everybody up to date. Some people may may be hearing this story for the first time. Uh, there was a couple of uh, starting football players that decided to pull a prank on uh, another classmate right. on the football team. They first asked him, "Hey, uh, we hear you're allergic to peanuts. What what would happen?" He goes, "Oh, I, I, I it could be deathly. I could die." Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and one of them made a joke. Well, you're going to die today. And they uh, they put all kinds of peanut products inside his uh, his football locker. He had a reaction. Mom had to show up. They used the EpiPen. And uh, and then there was really no uh, punishment at first until the community started, uh, you know, asking questions. Uh, the two football players, I think they did set out a few games. Yeah, one or two, I think. Right? I mean, I, you know, this... This this one of these kids, uh, the the four star recruit, you yeah. know, uh, he. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want him sitting out too long. I think it was only two games. I think right. is what it was. Right, and uh, and and he was being recruited by several universities, including the University of Texas, who has now decided, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're going to back away. We're no right. longer pursuing him because of this. That's right. Yeah, and 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 it's you know it's being reported as as such in in some sports media. I mean, the kid's name's Gus Cordova. He's he uh, he made a big mistake. How should the school uh, have handled this? Uh, I should. I I believe that there should have been no mercy for you know his his the remainder of his playing career at Lake Travis High School. You know what? You almost killed this kid. You're supposed to be 18 years old. You're supposed to be you know under the eyes of the law an adult. And well, you think this prank was was not going to have potentially fatal consequences? Were you an idiot? Yeah, you you don't get to play for the rest of the year and let that be a lesson to you. Do you think they would have done that if it was off season? If it wasn't football season, would he have been punished? I, still, if he were, it, it would still be very light compared to, I think, what the average punishment would have been for just some kid in the hallway at Lake Travis who went through peanuts at another kid that everybody knew had a peanut allergy. Yeah. I went there. I mean, it, it, you know, that that's it wasn't so different back then. Yeah. And I wonder what the coach did. We never heard the coach talk about this. I'm, I'm sure there was some yelling. I'm sure there was some uh, what did you do kind of kind of conversations mm-hmm. between the coach and these two players. I would think there was, right? You would assume there was. You would assume that this would piss off a coach. I bet, no doubt, the coach had some words with with uh, the young man. You know, I guess. How dare you put us in the spotlight like this? There you know, you how you, you've, you've caused an embarrassment. You've brought an embarrassment upon our team. It's true. Look at this. The media, we're... we're, we're you know, just constantly swatting away media requests for interviews. Notice how they didn't they didn't really do any interviews on it. Did the did the bullies ever apologize? Was there a, an official apology to this young man? I don't know the and his family, to that. or was or was there an apology? Actually, there should be apology to all of the campus, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know for sure, but I, I would bet uh, you know somewhere internally, if if that coach wants to, uh, you know, actually make men of these boys, because apparently he's still got a lot of boys. Uh, then, yeah, that's the kind of thing that he needs to teach him. Yeah. A man takes takes accountability for his mistakes, and he owns up to them. Yeah. You didn't kill the kid, and you're lucky. Learn from it. Go apologize to him. So, you know, 
maybe, hopefully, he did that at least. Or the parents. Yeah. You know? Well, listen, there's forgiveness, there's redemption, there's second chances. Uh, these uh, these two bullies could go on and do some amazing things. They could they, 20 years from now, they'll have a great message to uh, to young athletes in locker rooms. Absolutely. Hey, I was stupid one time about your age, and I did something really stupid, and it hung with me for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Especially if, you know, like you said, this, this Cordova kid, he already lost uh, his opportunity at UT. It's all over social media. There are a lot of other schools that, mm-hmm. that may not be interested as well. as LSU and Oklahoma and A&M, I think, been looking at him. Mm-hmm. And let's say he lost all that and ended up having to go to some schools nobody's ever heard of. He still played ball, got a good education, uh, nice wife and kids and, the, and the, the white picket fence and all that. He'd have a great story, a life lesson to tell his kids. Just curious, is the pole assassin, is she still involved in recruiting at the University of Texas, the pole assassin? Is she still out there? She's pole still assassin. With, yeah. I, you know what I'm talking about, Isaac? No? Nobody? I, I feel like I should, but what, I, I, what are we talking about here? Uh, 512-836-0590. It's 813. The Todd and Oz Show. 817 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Let's go to the phones. And Scott is checking in from Liberty Hill this morning. Hey, Scott. Hey, how y'all doing? Great. What's going on? I ain't got a stupid question. It's not a stupid question, but why in the heck didn't that young man didn't get charged for attempted murder? Mm-hmm. He asked mm-hmm. the kid about the peanut allergies, and mm-hmm. he told him, hey, if I get caught up, it could kill me. And the boy did it anyhow. Mm-hmm. Or let me rephrase that. The young man did it anyhow. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you're, what's your question? Why was he not charged? Murder. Why was he not charged with attempted murder or something like that? Yes. Well, he's, a divi- yes. he's, he's division one bound. Hey, you know what? That's that's the number one thing right there. You know, I don't like using that privilege card, you know. But, hey, where does he go to school? Guarantee the mom and daddy had a little bit of money. He ain't going to get charged. But what he did was very differently wrong. Yeah. If it had been anybody else, they would have been charged with attempted murder. Oh, I, I, gu- I, guarantee, I guarantee you at Lake Travis High School, there were other students that were suspended from school, kicked off campus because of bullying. Well, their, their, oh, yeah. their policy on vaping in the Lake Travis School District requires them to, to get worse punishment than this kid got for almost killing a kid with yeah. anaphylaxis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the coach and the school board and the, the principal, they didn't do a very good job handling this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know what, and they won't you know, even talk about it. They won't, they, they won't talk about it either, will they? No. Why won't the DA do something about it then? That's a good point. Well, yeah. Travis County. Well, Scott. The DA you, should be charging this young man for damn near killing somebody. Well, Scott, he he's knew di- for a fact. Scott, he's, he's Division he One. Peanuts. You keep forgetting he's Division One bound. That's the most important he's, thing. The district and the police department, the, the school district police department, they they all. They, they did a little investigation into it and determined, they came to their conclusion that there was no, it didn't rise to the level of criminal charges. Well, what I heard was, uh, it, it, uh, what was described as the, uh, the allergic reaction was not as severe as it could have been. Okay. Well, if you shot me in the side, but you were trying to shoot me in the head, yeah, it wasn't as severe, but you still shot me. No, I agree with you. I'm just telling you what uh, one investigator told me. Yeah. Uh, Damon, Mustang Ridge. Damon, good morning. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I, I'm, I've, is this, what I'm about to say isn't just about this case, but it, it this is uh, exemplifies it very well. Uh, the coach and the school is not an alternative justice system in the United States. But I see college athletes and high school athletes, and this involves rape and assault, all sorts of things, and everybody goes to the coach. 
Uh, and this is this is clearly something for the police and the DA. Uh, there's, there's there's just no question about it. So how what is the process? And I know oh, football is king here, and uh, they get special privilege. They're super citizens. But what is the process that you actually keep it from going to the proper authority? How how, how can a school just hold on to uh, criminal charges? Well, I, I would think that if uh, if mom went to the police and said, I want criminal charges, then it, it might happen, right? Maybe she didn't. I, I, I would sincerely hope that if the victim or the mother, but also uh, it is very common when people say they don't want to press charges, the state can still move ahead with charges because they've got the evidence. And it's, it sounds like there's an awful lot of evidence here. Yeah. And so uh, I just... I really think there's supposed to be one justice system for all of us, and these guys are 18 years old, mm. so they're big boys. They need to get the big boy consequences, and uh, I'm sorry, there's lots of football players. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I just, uh, Damon, I just got a, a text message from, um, well, uh, a, a, a source that I trust, and says that this was turned over to the DA's office, and the DA refused. Maybe they just didn't see it as uh, big of a deal and didn't want to pursue this. Well, we've, we've, got, we've got kids in high school who are 15 and 16 that, you know, I, I'm going to go back with the old stuff. They, they bring a toy gun to school, and it's the end of the world, and they're sitting in jail. Yeah. We've had some kids here in high school make verbal threats, and they find themselves sitting in jail. So if you put the Amens Rhea and Actus Reyes together, there's a crime. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with the DA, but uh, they need to be looked at, too. It's time to vote these clowns out of office. I got you, man. Thank you, Damon. Appreciate well, your call. Lake Travis is in it's in Travis County, all right? And Travis County's district attorney is Jose Garza. So you know, there you go. Uh, it, the justice is often not served. But I, I still want to give this Cordova kid the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't, that, you know, I, that he still wanted to, I, I, don't th I, maybe, I don't think he thought about the full scope of what he was about to do. Maybe he was just joking. Or maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just trying to give him too much benefit of the doubt. It's just hard for me to imagine that you would know somebody has has an allergy and you would really genuinely intentionally want them to die through what was very obviously a stupid, ill-conceived Ill prank. Yeah. Squeeze it, Sean. Sean's in North Austin. Good morning, Sean. Hello, fellas. Sean, hey. What's up, Sean? Sean, hey. where, where have you been? Sean, we got to reintroduce you. Sean, yeah, is the, uh, Sean is the president I'm of uh, BATS. Blind Association of Todd Nod Supporters put the hyphen in there to make it all fit uh, fit one word and go together and long live the bullpen, by the way. He's Thank a, you, Sean. Sean's a blind man. He can't see a thing. But, yeah. Uh, and, resurrecting right. the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, yeah, I'm, I'm the one that remembers the bullpen. But anyway, yeah. You, you uh, me. We're the only right. ones. Yeah. With it, yeah. Me, you, and Brandon. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, as I, I got to say, all right. Yes, the DA, the DA didn't file the charges. Anwar Richardson actually reported that I think on Orange Blood, so that mm -hmm. is that is confirmed. But yeah, uh, I I got a couple. Of things. I got to commend the University of Texas and the three players that are about to get drafted: Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, Devondre Sweat. Said, "Hey, we don't need this in our culture." Sark wasn't really aware of the story, and he said, "Oh no, we're pulling out." And it made me. It reminded me of the story. Tyler Campbell, Earl Campbell's son, and he's talked about this when he had a show elsewhere 
in the past. And, you know, he's talked about this, how when he had a DUI and I think he hit somebody and, and the difference is Earl made him go to those schools that were recruiting him. And a lot of top schools were looking at him and he ended up having to go to like San Diego state or somewhere. Cause those schools are like, Oh, wait a minute. You have an issue where these parents, it seems like, Oh, we're going to enable, we're going to do, you know, do whatever the, the kid wasn't even suspended for a playoff game. The two games were like regular season games and they were, and there were people going after him because, other parents saying, wait a minute, this is affecting our state championship because, you know, Lake Travis, no offense, Patrick, I know you went there. I know Lake Travis, if we don't win a state championship, we're not, we're not good. But I mean, yeah, no, yeah no he, was, he wasn't hand. even suspended. If, like I said, it, in the day, when my dad was coaching on that team, if nothing else, even if the school didn't, you're off the team. And if you want to come back next year, which is going to be a senior, if you want to even try, you have to have a clean record. You get to even have a shot to even get back. I don't care what it is, but at least some schools are stepping up. It sounds like he may have to go play like an incarnate word and get in a basketball fight or something, you know, or yeah, something he, like that. You yeah, know? he may get anyway. to play at one of those D2 schools. You know, may get to play a whole yeah, lot more. Because he, he was only a four-star recruit. <laughs> Only. Yeah, he was only a four-star. Yeah, yeah, four so only a yeah. four-star. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. Thank you, Sean. Hey, Sean, don't be a stranger, man. Yeah, Appreciate man. your call. Yeah, it is uh, 825. And I guess this story uh, basically sends a strong message to the community. And I don't think any English teacher or math teacher at Lake Travis High School would uh, would disagree with me. And I don't think anybody uh, you know, in the Booster Club would disagree either. Football is the most important thing at Lake Travis High School. And many schools just like it. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but it's even more important at Lake Travis. Ever since they started winning. It's it's even more important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why this story really went nowhere. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's what that community wants. Yeah. That's what those parents want. And there's a lot that's of money out the, there. That, that's what those English teachers and math teachers prefer. They prefer it to be that way. That's why they work there. They want to be at a school where they can teach math and English to high school kids that have the best football team. That's right. Or let them slide when they fail the, their math test because they're on the football team. Football's or let them slide when they try to kill a teammate with peanuts. Yeah. Well, you know. And, it, I, and, and I'm not trying to be facetious. Oh, I know. I support that. Football should be the most important thing at high school. Right? It should. Absolutely. Not learning? Absolutely should be the most important thing. Above learning. Some of the things that some schools have been focusing on lately, wouldn't it be nice if they did focus on football and sports? The Todd and Oz Show. Eight thirty-two here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. There's been a massive round of gun safe recalls uh, this week. Uh, we get the story from Fox reporter Jessica Rosenthal. Around 60,000 AUSAFs are being recalled. There have been 71 reports of unauthorized access due to the biometric lock malfunctioning. Nearly 25,000 mocker safes imported by the Missouri-based company of the same name are recalled after 15 reports of unauthorized access. A variety of more than 33,000 vaults imported by Bulldog in Danville, Virginia are being recalled after four reports of unauthorized access. The biometric feature also does not work on the Mutex safe. One was accessed by a six-year-old boy. They're imported by Jamani International of Monterey Park, California, and roughly 22,000 of those are being recalled. All of these safes are made in China. Mm. Jessica Rosenthal, <laughs> Fox News. Well, there you go. They should have just started with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, buried the lead there on that one. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, 
this is uh, I don't believe anybody ha- has gotten hurt, right? No injuries reported in the latest recalls, right? But I think there was one back in October. What happened? Fortress, I think, was the company. Fortress Safes, mm-hmm. about sixty-one thousand of their safes got recalled for for similar reasons. Kid could get into them, and actually, one of them, a boy did. A young, a young boy, I think, it was twelve years old, got into it, and he shot him, shot himself. And oh died. wow! So. Wow. And, and I think those also had biometric, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I've always kind of questioned, you know, the, the sort of the biometric stuff like that. And and had, if it's really as secure as like, the, mm. you know, the old school, you know, manual. You mean term, like fingerprints, thumbprints, that's kind of thing, that kind palm of thing. print or yeah. that sort of thing. There's a couple of different technologies out there. Yeah. yeah. Something you don't quite trust. Not yet. Uh, and obviously, I mean, 12 year old boy was able to bypass it. Yeah. And, and I'm sure most of the technology is incredibly secure, but still, they're just. I guess I just really don't trust computers yet. I haven't gotten to that point. Where well, they're going to catch on. I think they're going to be a thing that sticks around you for think a while. So? I think they're going to catch on. I think people are going to start buying them I don't soon. think people yeah. are going to be getting computers. The home computer, that's, you don't uh, think I, don't, so? I don't think that's ever going to catch on. Listen, uh, more Chinese migrants are now crossing uh, the San Diego border than uh, Mexican nationals, according to this report from uh, the New York Post. Yeah, the number of Chinese migrants crossing the southern border near San Diego has exceeded the number of Mexicans doing the same. This is according to uh, Border Patrol data. They say since uh, the fiscal year began in October, uh, border agents have encountered more than 22,000 Chinese nationals in the San Diego sector alone. That's quite a bit, just in that one sector. Yeah, yeah, because that's a big border. So you, got, you have to assume there are probably a lot of others. Is this a concern? Well, when you see, I mean, it's a concern... When you, when you see the number of, of fighting-age men with military haircuts and no wives or kids with them, it makes you wonder, you know, what do you do? What, what, what sort of reason are you here to claim asylum today? You know? Oh, but you're not. You're just sneaking through this, this hole in the fence. I think what you're insinuating is the fear that some people have that these Chinese men may be coming here to launch some sort of attack against us at some point. Well, you just, it, it, it's, it's just curious how, how many of these men are showing up without women. It makes you wonder. I agree with you 100%. And so does the FBI director, Christopher Ray. You might also find PRC hackers lurking in your power stations, your phone companies, etc., poised to take them down when they decide you stepped too far out of line and that hurting your civilian population suits the CCP. And that targeting of critical infrastructure is something I want to take a minute to address. In some respects, it's not anything new. In fact, China sponsored hackers pre-positioned for potential cyber attacks against U.S. oil and natural gas companies way back in 2011. But these days, it's reached something closer to a fever pitch. What we're seeing now is China's increasing build-out of offensive weapons within our critical infrastructure, poised to attack whenever Beijing decides the time is right. Yeah, there you go. That's FBI Director Christopher Ray. Now, when you hear him say that, and you hear the stories about the uh, the Chinese men illegally crossing into our country, what do you make of this? Uh, is is it is it so obvious that everybody's afraid to talk about? Everybody's afraid to talk about this story. I think for a lot of people, it's they hear it and they go, "Yeah, I know. We get it. The Chinese don't like us. They're not our friends. You know, the Chinese government, the U.S. government don't get along." Yeah, and so I think a lot of people just hear that, and it's it's almost white noise. Plus, pile on top of the fact that you know it's border and illegal immigration, and I think for a lot of people, just the issue in general starts starts to sound the same. 
So you put it all together, and then now you have the FBI director out there saying, hey, by the way, this legitimately could happen. They could come and they could hit your power and your water and your bank and, and the basic day-to-day necessities that, that you, you depend on. No, no, no. He doesn't say could. He says will. will. Fair enough. Will. will. They will. They're planning to wreak havoc on your physical safety, he says. Do you expect that? That they would. I mean, I've I've always kind of considered if it, we were going to get hit here, it, it probably would be them. Yeah, yeah. of course. So, Take, so- for instance, PRC persistent access the U.S. found in our critical telecommunications, energy, water, and other infrastructure. China-sponsored hackers known as Volt Typhoon were hiding inside our networks, lying in wait for the moment China might choose to use their access to hurt American civilians. And while many of you may have seen the Volt Typhoon story as one about the PRC targeting the United States, in fact, their targets spanned the globe. Which shouldn't be surprising because in hack after hack for years now, we've seen the PRC hitting our partners around the world. Yeah. Now, uh, the FBI director, Christopher Ray, he goes on to say, let's be clear, cyber threats to our critical infrastructure represent real world threats to our physical safety. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, if the wrong thing goes down, uh, we're being ruled by people that don't know how to protect women and children. And this should outrage the people and collectively Democrats and Republicans alike should be screaming from the mountaintop. The John Cornyns, the Ted Cruz's, the Chip Roy's, uh, the the uh, the Ellen Troxclairs, they should be screaming from a mountaintop to shut the border down completely. Well, they should, but most of them, a lot of them are. I mean, you know, Corn- it's, e- either what he has said is true or he's lying and both are bad. And on the other side of that, so if he was lying, what what would uh, what would benefit from that? Maybe he's setting up uh, a, a new round of uh, tai- Taiwanese funding that because you know we got to protect them because China. Oh, I think if he's lying to the people, that's treason. Yeah, but they lie about stuff all the time. Yeah, I got you. I agree, though. I mean, I, I think what Joe Biden has it, done at the border see, is treason. The they, they, yeah, they lie to us all the time. That's kind of like giving a government a pass on lying to you. Yeah, they do it. They lie to us all the time. We know that. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean. Uh, it, what what are we going to do? It does, it never changes. We keep voting the same liars in time after time. They're a liar. They're a liar. You're mad at them, and then all of a sudden they hit the campaign trail, and you forget about it, and you vote them back in office. So the twenty one thousand uh, uh, Chinese nationals should be flown back home. Well, they they, they we don't they, trust they them. Well, they they just we don't trust them because Christopher Ray has told us we shouldn't trust them. You well, there should be there should be heightened concern based on what the FBI director has said. If they're Illegally sneaking across the border, sure, all of them should be stopped. And, like and, on, and, uh, like on many issues of the current day, the rhetoric does not match the actions. Yeah, you're right because they don't care about right? us. That's why, right? I mean, uh, and, and if you believe that uh, Donald Trump is the dictator, the Hitler, the Nazi, well, then it it, it would be morally correct to uh, to do something to prevent him from being in the White House, right? And if you truly believe that these Chinese hackers are coming across the border illegally to to damage and hurt our physical safety, as the FBI director says, well, your actions of letting them in does not fit the threat that you're telling us about. Very, very correct. Uh, Lee in Cedar Park, good morning. Good morning. Yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. I just have a quick question. You know, Christopher Ray is, is the FBI director is addressing the public on what the problem is, but I don't understand why they're not addressing the person who has the power to change all of that, and that's Joe Biden. Well, he did. Uh, Chris Ray about three weeks ago, did say some of the same things in a congressional hearing. 
And um, and I, w- I would assume that he gets uh, FBI briefings, right, as part of national security every day. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Right. But, it's, you know, it seems to be falling on deaf ears. The American public, it, it, it arouses fear in people, but the control isn't within us, aside from putting a lot of pressure on our constituents, but I, I'm sorry, on our representatives. But the problem really is coming from the top. And if people aren't being vetted, that's within Joe Biden and the administration's control. And they're yeah. obviously not concerned at all about it because it's, they're allowing it to happen every single day. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's well, frustrating. They're very much not concerned about it. Yeah, thank it's, you, Lee. It's by design. All right, jump in here. 512-836-0590. I guess I'm just getting worked up over something I shouldn't, right? No. You, you, My overreaction. You have a, a very, very valid point you've made there and we should be more upset about it i think we've just gotten so used to being ruled by pathological liars yeah and 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 we've been split down the middle if it's not our guy the other guy is going to destroy the country uh the other sides are in i mean you know so it, it makes sense that we don't care about what we should be caring about it is uh, 842 here at klbj the todd and Oz show 849 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Tommy and uh, Doug, hang on a second. We'll get to you. I want to play this audio. This is kind of a a flashback, if you will, to uh, uh, 2020. And uh, the outgoing president, uh, Donald Trump, with a warning for Americans. Over 130 legislators in this chamber have endorsed legislation that would bankrupt our nation by providing free taxpayer-funded health care to millions of illegal aliens, forcing taxpayers to subsidize free care for anyone in the world who unlawfully crosses our borders. These proposals would raid the Medicare benefits of our seniors and that our seniors depend on while acting as a powerful lure for illegal immigration. That is what is happening in California and other states. Their systems are totally out of control, costing taxpayers vast and unaffordable amounts of money. If forcing American taxpayers to provide unlimited free health care to illegal aliens sounds fair to you, then stand with the radical left. But if you believe that we should defend American patients and American seniors, then stand with me and pass legislation to prohibit free government health care for illegal aliens. Man, you could almost use that as a a campaign speech for today, right? It would certainly work. It it stands the test of time. Let's squeeze in uh, calls here. been waiting. Let's go to uh, Tommy. Hey, Tommy, good morning. Morning, fellas. Great show as always. Thank Thank you, Tommy. Um, On the topic that y'all are talking about, about the Chinese coming across the border, I mean, yeah, look at what happened yesterday with the cell phones with AT&T. Can you imagine if that was to ever hit again and be three or four times worse? If they get into our financial grid, our electrical grid, our military grid. Red Dawn, hello. Listen, I think a lot of people would freak out if they lost their phone for 24 hours. For oh, 20, yeah, if, yeah, if, they, if, a lot, totally of, a lot of people would freak out if they lost their phone or the internet for 24, 24 hours. They'd be, they'd be in panic mode. Well, look at just yesterday was a prime sure. example of how that would happen. Sure, no doubt about yeah. it. So, let's see. Uh, Doug is in Lakeway. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, guys. Yes, sir. So, if we went back and looked at the Chinese situation, you know, if you think about fentanyl being produced in China, sent to Mexico, put into a pill form, sent into the United States, the narco president of Mexico is not involved with this. Mm. 
the you think about a three-pronged attack on the United States. Okay, so now we see these men coming across our border, thousands of them. They're infiltrating our country with drugs, and then you got the hacking thing. So Chinese, have been, like I think I said this to you guys before, they've been around, what, 2,000 years? Mm. Up, you know? Mm. There's not a lot of Irish Chinese. There's not a lot of Mexican Chinese. There's not a lot of black Chinese. They're all Chinese, and they've been around for a reason. Mm. They feel that they are the superior culture. And with that thought process, this is what we're dealing with. Well, it's listen, uh, it's worse before it gets better. There is no doubt that we're in the midst of World War Three. There's no doubt about that. It just looks very different than two and one. Well, listen, uh, just about, I mean, I, I haven't played video games in a long time, but a lot of those war play games, you know, pick the game. Uh, it is legitimate strategy in these games to exhaust your opponent's resources. And flooding your border with illegal immigration is exhausting our resources. Our entitlements are out of hand. Our budget is overblown. $35 trillion in debt, and we're still borrowing and still throwing money into the system that has no labor behind it. The quantitative easing and the printing, well, it's exhausting our resources. At some point... We are going to have to dramatically cut entitlement programs. No doubt about it. There, there, there's, there is no other solution. I mean, that, that will have to happen. And people will riot over it. People will be furious over it because it's human nature, right? Once you've given somebody a handout and then you take it away, they, they often get very upset. I squeeze in. Is it uh, Sandra checking in from Kyle, Texas this morning? Sandra, what's on your mind? Hi, good morning. Uh, so my name is Sandra. I'm actually the campaign manager for a congressional candidate in, in CD28, the second largest border district in the nation. And who is that and candidate? He, uh, his name is Jay Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N. You can find him at commanderfurman.com. Okay. And he's been speaking exactly about what you guys are talking about. Mm. If we don't get serious about this border, look, I've, been, I've personally been a resident of the border for 15 years, and everything that you guys are talking about is already happening. And we need strong members of Congress to stand up. You know, Chip, y'all were, y'all were kind of harsh on Chip Roy a little bit. He's been the only member from Texas that's actually been talking about the truth. No, no, no. We, yeah, we've had Chip Roy on the show many times. We're, we're fans of Chip Roy. There's, there's no doubt about it. I, I, I just, I just want to see collectively just some screaming from the mountaintop in front of cameras. Let's, we got a real crisis there at the border. And, 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 and I think most people don't realize how it's impacting them. You're exactly right, and, and I'll tell you what, Commander Furman, again, that's commanderfurman.com, he was actually at the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the trucker rally uh, that, that was down there in Eagle Pass, and we were there when the governors were there. And I'll tell you what, he stole the stage because people are sick and tired of congressional candidates who are just pussyfooting around instead of being telling the God's honest truth and putting a little fire and breadstone in there. Mm. This is serious. We're, you know, he's, he's served overseas. He's secured borders in other countries. He's, he, he's been a, a foreign affairs officer. He knows exactly what's happening because we've seen it happen over and over again in other countries. And we're sure. not waking up to what's happening here in the United States. Give us the website again. Commander Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N dot com. Thank you, Sandra. Appreciate you checking in from uh, from the Valley this morning. It is uh, eight fifty four. Uh, we got some new news uh, this morning uh, from the from uh, from the border. Customs and Border Protection reports the largest meth bust ever. Think about that. Wow, the largest meth bust ever 
at a Texas port of entry. Customs and Border Protection officers seizing 6.5 tons of methamphetamine Sunday at a port of entry in Eagle Pass, Texas at the Camino Real International Bridge. The drugs valued at more than $117 million. It's the largest seizure at a port of entry in the U.S. in a single enforcement action. CBP not sharing information on arrests made, though the Department of Homeland Security saying that the seizure prevented an untold number of lives from being destroyed. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. All right, uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. All right, that's more than 13,000 pounds of methamphetamine. And that says a lot. You know, I, I'm sure that there have been some massive busts down there over the years, and so the, this is the largest. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of meth that's not going to make it in our community. 855. The Todd and Oz Show. The Todd and Oz Show. Weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ.